enjoy road trips, but nothing messes with my enjoyment quite like a pothole. You know, you hit that stretch of road, it feels like the county, the state hasn't done any road work since Ronald Reagan was in office. But thankfully, you can see the potholes coming and hopefully you can avoid them. But that's not always the case with life in general. Pitfalls can catch us unaware and they will send our lives spinning. Welcome to Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast, hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. We are glad that you're joining us because we're going to be jumping into a new study, new six-week study called How to Avoid Life's Pitfalls. So, Chris, glad that you're with me for this podcast again. I'm an expert at hitting potholes, so this is a great opportunity for us to talk together. Oh, good. And joining Chris and I is uh, Ben Mandrell. Ben, we are thankful you had the time to meet with us for for this podcast. Oh, man, it's an honor. And one of my favorite characters in the Bible, who just every time he got knocked down, he kept getting back up. He's an inspiration, Joseph. This is going to be a great study. Now, let me just introduce you to Ben. Ben Mandrell is the president and CEO of Lifeway Christian Resources. So, Ben, actually, you are, Chris, for Chris and I, you are boss's 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 boss, I think. <laughs> I certainly don't think about it that way. But I'm glad. Yeah. I was actually feeling some camaraderie here in this. <laughs> well, uh, but Ben, I, wanna, I do want to raise this question because uh, I, I noticed you and I are friends on Facebook that you and Lindley, your wife, your oldest child, your daughter, just uh, signed on to go to college. I mean, she's her senior year, correct? Right. And she's about to go to college. I'm just curious, ha- having gone down that road before, how do you feel? Man, I've always judged people for being all weepy about it. And I'm having a hard time with the idea. I mean, I have a daughter and three sons. Like when she leaves, it's just boys. And it's going to, I mean, her absence is going to be so felt. It's not going to be the same. Like I'm really struggling with it. Thanks for bringing it up. Well, you're, you're welcome. But uh, I, I, I know deep down, you, you probably are excited about it. I am excited for her because she's one of those kids that for whatever reason, from the time she was a little girl, college has been a huge dream. And she's looked at all kinds of schools. And I just try to get her to chill out and get do something crazy, like get a B. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, Ben, are you at all concerned about the college she has chosen? Well, you know, she keeps changing her mind. Like, Oh, she says she said that she was heading towards Auburn. And I think that's still our number one choice, but she was able to get that ACT score up even more. And now some other schools have come to the table. So who knows in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. There you go. That's the great, that, that's great. Well, Chris, get, why don't you get us into this uh, study of uh, the life of Joseph? So we are going to be looking over the next six weeks, um, the last part of the book of Genesis, uh, chapters 37 and following, uh, at the life of Joseph. Now, Ben, one of the things that you have done in coming to Lifeway uh, from a church plant perspective is help us and remind us that we can't take for granted that everyone knows the story of, of the Bible story, especially right. a story like Joseph. There, there's, going, there's the possibility um, that someone's going to be sitting in the room that doesn't have any idea who Joseph is. And um, so we, I want, we want to remind you as leaders of groups to take time to explain the significance of 
Joseph, his family. Uh, ben, what are some things that you have learned, uh, discovered that have helped that has helped you to be able uh, to communicate uh, with people who don't have that kind of biblical background? Absolutely. Just being a pastor in Denver, I learned the the practice of saying these words. If you are new to the Bible, it's mm, good. It's a very easy way to just simply say, hey, maybe you've actually been around the church a long time, but you really haven't read the Bible. That's a lot of people. Yep. Uh, so people in small groups are terrified that it's going to be found out that I really don't know this book very well. And they're going to call on me and they're going to make me feel silly or ill-equipped for this conversation. So if you just level set at the beginning and say, hey, we all have various levels of biblical knowledge here. Some of you may be brand new to the Bible. If so, I don't want to assume you know who Joseph is, uh, but let me tell you about him. It's just little stuff like that. And even when you know everybody in the room has a fairly reasonable knowledge base of the Bible, it's still good practice because you never know uh, who may just not be aware of this part of the Bible and they don't want to feel silly. So let's take a minute and talk about uh, about Joseph, some of his background. His 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 dad is Jacob, whose name was turned changed to Israel. Um, uh, we'll learn as we look at the passage that he was a favorite son. But so why 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 was he chosen? Why was uh, why did uh, Jacob think so highly of him? I've always felt like it was because uh, of Rachel. This right. is Rachel's firstborn son, right? Right. And I think that's true. When you look at <laughs> Jacob's family is pretty dysfunctional. Yes. I mean, that's, that's kind of an understatement. Um, just how they, they, they live and they interact with each other. And what makes it bad is mom and dad don't help any. No, they uh, don't. Just, yeah, or a mom or dad doesn't. <laughs> no, he puts a mark. He puts a target on Joseph's back and, I think there are some things we learn here as parents, even about the danger of obviously loving one more child, one child more than the, the rest. But, but Joseph doesn't help himself either when he starts declaring dreams that all of his brothers are going to bow down to him. And that's not a good idea either. No. <laughs> that's right. Well, and that's where we're starting in this uh, look at the life of Joseph uh, for this Bible study. We're going to be in Genesis 37. Uh, which kind of launches the whole story of Joseph. And in this, we're going to be the first section. Guys, let's talk about verses one through five. But this is where you see, first of all, Joseph is that, that younger brother who tattles. He comes and he gives a bad report about his brothers to their father. Okay, there's the first thing you shouldn't have done, Joseph. But he did that. And then you, we read also there what, Ben, you just referenced, this mark that kind of Joseph put on him. He gave him this special coat. And he, in that sense, he stuck out. So it caused his brothers to, to hate him even more. And then there was that dream uh, that Joseph had. And he, uh, I guess he was excited about it. He shared it with them. He had the dream. And, we, and this is what it says in verse five. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. I think the way, what I want to see is in this section is, it was we talk about pitfalls. Sometimes pitfalls happen to us. That's not necessarily our fault. Well, I think one of the things that's difficult to reconcile in the story of Joseph is there's no doubt that Joseph contributes to the problem. There's no doubt that Jacob contributes to the problem. But even in all that, God's plan is sovereign, and He uses all these events to bring about the salvation of His people. And so, 
it's hard to know sometimes when you're reading the story, if the blame should be assigned to any one human being, or is God carrying along this family in ways like that we can identify with? I don't always know the full story of what God's doing in my life, but he's doing something special. And I think that we see that in life of Joseph. I, I just think that's a great point. I think um, we, when we, when we look at our own lives, uh, we, we can't always identify uh, what God's up to or how he's working. Um, but we have to trust that he is in the midst of our lives. And Ben, what you wrote in the uh, personal study guide, as you wrote this, you made this comment, while God cannot be blamed for evil, he does allow us to walk through dark valleys. And then you ask the question, well, how do we know this? And you talk about Joseph had the dream. He got a glimpse of what God was going to do. And so how God used this in Joseph's life to kind of, you know, move things forward. I just think that was a, a, a key point to, to bring out. Well, and I, I think you guys are so good at this in the study, but the Bible is not just a religious book. It's a realistic book in so many ways. The dysfunction in this family is as real as the dysfunction in our own families. And that brokenness that comes from broken relationships and unhealthy communication patterns and the things that we all, the water we swim in from birth, whether we choose it or not, God uses all that stuff to make us the people that we are. and we can believe that he's at work in us, even when our story feels broken and fragile and miserable. Joseph gives us faith to believe that God's still at work in us. Yes. And that actually is the point of your whole session here, Ben. Uh, we, the point we keep coming back to is God is at work, even when it's not obvious. And God's hand was in what was happening, even though it's, it just looks so awful we've created some discussion questions to help you have a conversation. And some of the discussion questions after this section is for, to ask people about their family of origin, uh, to talk about uh, those kind of things. And it, it's, it's, a, it's an, uh, it's a softball. It's an easy entry into a conversation and to talk about our own lives as well. So I want to encourage our listeners to take advantage of that opportunity to create conversation. Good. Thanks, Chris. And so as we move on, we're going to kind of skip to verses 19 to 24. Now, remember, as, as we're doing this, we have printed, we're looking at about, what, five, six verses here. Uh, but uh, if you're the leading the group, you will need to kind of help give the backstory between what happened uh, after verse five. Uh, but we're going to focus on this where the brothers, here, here comes Joseph, he's come to them, and they realize that Joseph's coming to see them, to check in on them, and they have an opportunity to kill him. And they're going to take this upon themselves, uh, but then they realize there's another opportunity. And so they just threw him in this pit, and they were going to leave it there. The pit was without water, and they were just going to kind of leave him there, take care of things later. Uh, but I, we'll, we'll get into the rest of the story in a moment. But let's just talk for there for a minute about verses 19 through 24. This idea that animosity, jealousy causes others, can cause others to betray us. So you think your family's bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They saw him coming and, oh, this is our opportunity. Let's kill him. Yeah. No wow. I, the line that I put in here that I, I think captures this is that the root of bitterness reaps the fruit of bitterness. You know, those brothers were bitter for so long. There was a buildup here, just like there's in a lot of families like this. This has been going on for a long time, and it finally reaches the head, the explosion, the irrational moment when it all kind of 
blows up. And this was that day when all those pent up emotions came out. And unfortunately, Joseph was on the receiving end. Yeah. And I think as as we look at the envy that, uh, or the animosity, certainly the brothers were feeling, uh, Ben, again, referring back to what you wrote, you you point out that that struggle with envy, animosity, that could be a, a struggle for all of us. And to guard against that, as you said here, we must put on the mind of Christ. Um, I don't know that there's a more challenging passage of scripture in the Bible than Philippians 2, where it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider other people better than you. (laughs) Anybody who says they've mastered that one is lying to your face. It does. It goes against everything in my human nature. Yes. Yeah. You know, they don't, you know, I'm number one. And even though I, you know, I lift up Jesus, you know, I talk about Jesus being Lord. There's still those moments of, yeah, but, you know, I don't want to watch out for myself. So the poison of envy um, is, is a reality and is possibly in the lives of people in our groups. So again, this is an opportunity uh, for talk for people to talk about what they have experienced or what they've seen in other people's lives uh, or maybe some things, tools that they have created ways to keep from getting bitter and having envy in their lives. So these are good opportunities again, to talk about real life stuff with your group. Absolutely. I think when you start confessing sins one to another, you can be healed and, if we just simply say, I've really struggled with envy in this part of my life and tell a story. You don't have to name a name, but everybody wrestles with it. Everybody. It's universal. Very true. And in, in uh, the life of Joseph here, he has been thrown in a pit, the, the assumption they're going to kill him. But all of a sudden, this band of Ishmaelites come along. And we see this in Genesis 37, verse 26, where Judah uh, steps up and says to his brothers, what do we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come on, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay a hand on him. Brilliant. For he is our brother. <laughs> Jude is such a good guy. Yeah, yeah. I just, hey, if we're going to get rid of this guy, let's make some money off of it. Absolutely. Why, why waste a deal? <laughs> but so again, here you go. God is at work. Uh, even when others, you may feel like you're abandoned by others, God's hand is in this. And that's just so phenomenal in this story. So uh, several years ago, I did a, uh, a resource with uh, George Guthrie called Read the Bible for Life. Yeah. Uh, was, was George a professor of yours? Yeah, well, you yes. I did. He wasn't a professor of mine, but we were, when I pastored in Jackson, Tennessee, we were friends. We did, su- we did sushi. <laughs> ah, there you are. Good guy. And he had a conversation with Bruce Waltke that he uses as a reference in, in his book where Waltke says uh, there's a place where Joseph has been sent to check on his brothers and um, he gets there and he's not, their brothers aren't where he's, they're supposed to be. So they're looking around. Hey, Joseph's looking for them. And finally somebody says, Oh, they left. They went to Doth and you'll have to go there. And uh, the point that Walkie's making is that every point, every part of the story is important. And a student asked, Well, what's, why do we get this? And Walkie's response was, You know, timing, God's timing. If, if Joseph had gotten to his brother sooner, a band of Ishmaelites would not have come by to take him uh, to Egypt. So it's, it's a reminder that it kind of in, in the in-between times or when we're waiting on hold, sometimes God's doing things that are important for us 
that we don't know about. Yeah. You know, I think we always, we all have those moments in our life where we think, what if I had made that one decision, how the ripple effect would have been different. I mean, yep. the summer I met my wife, I almost left uh, camp early because I wasn't feeling well. Mm. And a week later she showed up and I met Lindley and I just think like, what if I had said, Hey, I'm just exhausted. I'm going home. And I wouldn't have met Lindley. Who knows where I'd be today. If I have, you know, it's just in this moment, because Judah calls this audible, the whole story <laughs> changes. Yeah. All right, Ben, I'm going to confess something here and y'all will all want me to turn my man card in. But when I was editing your work here and I came to this phrase where you know the brothers changed their mind and made a change their decision, you said the brothers called an audible and made a last minute decision. <laughs> I walked next door to my, my wife in the, office, in, the, in the room next to me and says, Mary, what does it mean to call an audible? <laughs> See, my wife knows far more about sports <laughs> than I do. And yes, my wife had to explain that to me. Oh, so, wow. Well, you clearly didn't watch Peyton Manning play football then because he called an audible every time. That's why he would say Omaha. Omaha. <laughs> good example. So, anyway, I, I, but I left it in because, okay, well, that's good because uh, I'm one of the few men in America that really don't watch sports. So, uh, but Lynn, that's a perfect example that we can't assume that everyone that's right. knows. That's right. <laughs> that was helpful for me to know there's guys out there without a man card. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you very much. <laughs> I do think there's a good question here uh, that's printed in the books uh, worth dialogue about in your group. How have you seen God work during pitfalls in people's lives? Now, uh, again, that could almost be a question we, we talk about every week in this study. Yeah. But I think this is a great thing to launch with here because you're seeing Joseph. Wow. You know, it just, everything seems to be against him. Yeah. To say, to say how have you seen God work in, in, in stories around you? Absolutely. I think another way to phrase that question for group leaders is just tell a story about something when it happened to you, it felt horrible. But looking back now, it was a blessing. Yeah. Everybody has some stories like that. And those are part of who we are. That's great. Well, we thank you, Ben, for being with us, for writing this study and for taking the time to talk with uh, us and our audience about uh, this, this study about pitfalls that we experience in life. So it's a good introduction. You're going to come back in a couple of weeks and be with us again. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, we want to thank those of you who are listening to our podcast for taking the time to uh, do that. Thanks for some of the things you share with us about what's helpful to you. Uh, ben, you are involved in some other podcasts. You want to take a minute to talk about any of those? Well, I just launched a new podcast recently, and uh, my wife and I are doing one called The Glass House. And it's for people, particularly in the front lines of ministry, whose lives are constantly under public scrutiny. We know that uh, it's never been harder to be a pastor. I don't think it's ever been harder to work in a church than it is right now, just with all that's going on in the world and the pandemic. And the, the podcast is designed that they would not feel alone in their emotional struggles that they would feel encouraged, that they would feel supported. And I just want to encourage those who are listening, pray for your pastor, pray for those people who serve on the church staff, uh, that God would give them endurance and hope and that they would not lose heart. Well, thank you, Ben, for those words. And I'm glad to hear that you're doing that podcast and, and uh, hope that it's successful. I, I think that there are a lot of, lot of people who need that kind of help and support. So thanks for taking the time to do that as well. Again, thank you for listening to our podcast today and we look forward to you being with us next time.